you know, when you look at the definition of patience, according to um, the Oxford Dictionary, it is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. And yeah, what I took from that was I realized how much more of a tolerant human being I've come to be over the past few years. And I think part of that is just mellowing out with age, but part of that is really taking a step back and removing yourself from that reactionary position and saying, hey, you know, maybe this isn't how I wanted it to go. Maybe it's taking a long, longer time than I wanted it to go. But that doesn't mean I need to get angry or upset about it. I can take a second, you know, Mark Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius, my life for real quick, remove myself from the situation and calmly evaluate something. One minute of patience, 10 years of peace. Hello, and welcome back to the next iteration podcast. This is the first episode of the new year. And with this new year came a bunch of new lockdowns. And that got us thinking about the concept of patience. Because I don't know about you, Damien, but I'm pretty impatient. I'm trying to go out. I want to have a good time. I don't want to hear about another variant. Uh, you know, we're running out of letters in the Greek alphabet at this point, right? So yeah, we're thinking about the concept of patience. And we wanted to do an episode kind of exploring our thoughts on patience, how our perception of patience has changed and how we become more patient individuals and how we've done that. Um, and just, you know, share some anecdotes and thoughts on the topic uh, that we've seen in our life, because we think patience is a virtue. So without further ado, let's get started. You are now listening to the Next Iteration podcast with your hosts, Fuad and Damien. If you like the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to all of our fellow iterators. It's been a while since we've dropped our last episode, and for good reason. I suppose it was us enacting a bit of patience on our part as well. Um, so we apologize for that small hiatus that we uh, we undertook, but Mm-hmm. We were able to rejuvenate, recollect, reconvene, and now we're we're ready for 22. We're 2022. We're gonna kick 2022's ass. So we're excited for all of you to join us on this journey together. And um, yeah, we're excited to kind of just continue to learn and grow together. So again, like hit us up, share any thoughts with us that you may have kind of that you may have gotten throughout 2021 how the pandemic's been for you anything that you've learned or how you've grown as an individual throughout the the entire pandemic i know that for many of us it's been an opportunity to reflect on a lot of things on how far we've come mm-hmm. and you know like a lot of us have been working from home if we've had the privilege to and uh, that's that's been both a challenge and a blessing um for mm-hmm. many of us but the reason if we can go ahead and jump into this, the reason why I wanted to do an episode on patience is because I feel like it's just something that a lot of us kind of gloss over, um, especially being young. You know, a lot of us, especially for the more ambitious folk among us, we just want everything and we want it immediately, right? We want to get rich quick. We want, we don't want to put in the work to, to lose weight. We just want like a weight loss pill. And a, a lot of people share that sentiment, right? But I think the best way to think about patience, and I'll start with this kind of, I guess, quote saying, I, I don't know, I saw Naval tweet this, and I thought this is a fantastic framework to look at patience with, um, where he said, we need to be impatient with action and patient with results. And I think that just sums it up so well, 
because first of all, you got to focus on your systems. You got to focus on doing better consistently. And eventually you'll reap those rewards, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. let me kick it off with that little saying, and let me hear what you have to, any thoughts you might have on that. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and I want to start with this sort of saying thank you for your patience if you're listening, because, you know, we have been kind of AWOL. Uh, and for good reason, like Damien mentioned, we have a lot of cool stuff coming out this year. Uh, we have a lot of cool projects that we can't necessarily talk about yet, but once they're out, we'd love for you guys to share. Uh, yeah, always hit us up with any thoughts you have. But kind of going back to your quote, yeah, that, that's a really good one. I mean, obviously, Naval has, has a bunch of gems. And if you haven't read his book, would recommend. But um, I think that it speaks to a lot of the themes we've talked about in terms of mindset before on the podcast and how moving to like a systems-based approach of goals, especially, right? Like having patience in the results of actions is really, really important for a systems-based approach, right? So what that means is, you know, uh, and a quick recap of system-based goals that we talked about before on the podcast, like instead of saying, hey, I want to run a marathon in X minutes, it's, I want to become a marathon runner. I want to become somebody who runs every day, X times a week, whatever it is, right? And um, that's a really important way of reframing your goals to become more identity-based. And once they become identity-based, you can actually take them way further than whatever that X minute marathon goal was, right? And it becomes a part of who you are and a system in in terms of your way of life. So I think that's really, really important. Um, The quote I had to share, for, for patients was a Greek proverb. And there are actually a lot of Greek proverbs on this website, inspirationalstories.com. <laughs> I won't share all of them. David's laughing because he knows that one of them isn't, isn't necessarily shareable. But the one I found was one minute of patience, 10 years of peace. And I thought it was like such a simple way of summing it up. I think I, I maybe tackled this from a different angle than David. So I'd love to hear his thoughts on, on the matter too. But when I was thinking about patience, I was thinking about how in particular, like my relationship with my family has changed over the years. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the definition of patience, according to um, Miriam we- or Doc's dictionary, it is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. And yeah, what I took from that was, I realized how much more of a tolerant human being I've come to be over the past few years. And I think part of that is just mellowing out with age, but part of that is really taking a step back and removing yourself from that reactionary position and saying, hey, you know, maybe this isn't how I wanted it to go. Maybe it's taking a long, longer time than I wanted it to go, but that doesn't mean I need to get angry or upset about it. I can take a second, you know, Mark Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius, my life for real quick, remove myself from the situation and calmly evaluate something. And mm-hmm. yeah, it stood out to me because I think that's really, really changed how I interact with my family. And it used to be like, for example, the one minute of t- patience, 10 years of peace. Yo, so many arguments with my sisters where it's like, yo, I could just like stop for three seconds, not say the sentence I had in my mind. And if I hadn't said that, it's like a week of suffering God, right? So mm-hmm. that, that I think super, super stood out to me. And it's just that ability. I think, I think that, that that ability isn't just tolerance. It is patience. It's allowing yourself to deal with that discomfort in your head for a little bit and tolerate it and realize that maybe it's not worth what you were about to do bro it's on site with my brothers like i commend you and your patient your sisters i guess for that level of maturity but yo, oh yeah yo, yo. i'm not saying it's always like that i'm just saying like some of those yeah, yeah minutes yeah. are now patience minutes but yeah 
Oh man, no, and like I love that. I was actually gonna pull in the uh, the same definition as well to kind of touch on that because I think there's a little to unpack there. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even going back to what you're just saying, right? If you speak in anger, you will make the best speech that you will ever regret, right? Because those mm-hmm. words that you say when you're angry, you can be. I don't know. It's crazy how creative you can be in those moments because you find the most oh, yeah. hurtful possible things that you can say to that person, but man like once the once you've settled down you know the dust is settled you just re- you end up regretting it right like wh- how often do you actually uh come out of those moments and you're actually glad that you said those things that you said mm-hmm. and you know that one meme that's like i don't know it, it's like oh like after an argument you're in the shower like thinking what yeah, you yeah, yeah, said. Yeah. yo that was never me bro i would always say like what was on my mind immediately and then regret it i'd honestly wish i was that shower kid so i would have to regret it so much but <laughs> You know, yeah, they, uh, the French actually have a word for that. It's l'esprit de l'escalier, um, which is literally mm. um, that feeling of, you know, like 20 years after you're having an argument, you think about the perfect thing to say. You're like, fuck, mm. I wish I said it in that moment. Mm. Um, I, so, yeah, there's an interesting little It's tip. beautiful that the French people have a word for that or like an expression for that. I wonder what that says about the French psyche, but yeah. a little bit of a Napoleon I mean, complex there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Like, it's it's really cool how we just lack certain words for certain experiences that we all have, but other mm-hmm. languages have um, uh, words for those things, right? Like one of my mm-hmm. other favorites is schadenfreude, which is essentially taking pleasure in other people's suffering. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, again, I don't know what that says about the Germans, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, moving on. Wait, wait, real quick on this tangent. I just heard about this like really, really cool book that um, one of my good friends recommended to me. It's called, metaphors we live by and i haven't read it yet mm-hmm. uh but it's a book about that suggests that metaphor is a tool that enables people to use what they know about their direct physical and social experiences to understand more abstract things like work time mental activity and feeling so it goes over like really common sayings we have mm-hmm. like i don't know like time flies or like things like that right and and breaks down like what that says about like the psyche of the society that created such a saying so like it really ties into like the language aspect as well because it's not just english yes. right different cultures have different understandings of these metaphors and that's shaped by their cultural values. Super cool. I haven't read it yet, uh, but a friend recommended it. And I'm yeah. Put it no, list, I, so. I think that's actually an underrated comment to consider. Um, and it also kind of goes back to show you how there's different ways that our cultures, different cultures think about different things. And, mm. you know, here in the West, surely we can boast tremendous economic growth and potential. And like, you know, we're world leaders mm-hmm. on the economic side of side of things but you also see everybody putting in like or not everybody a lot of people throwing their youth away to put in 12-hour work days you know it's the relentless Mm -hmm. grind and that kind of it's like you're missing a piece of life in that when you look at certain eastern uh cultures right like Mm -hmm. the spanish have sobre mesa which is like that time you spend after lunch where you just you know you're just kicking it with that with the the people Mm -hmm. you're sharing that meal with sharing Mm -hmm. jokes and just relaxing, you know, enjoying each other's mm-hmm. company. And we don't, we don't really have that here. Like, sure, we get mm-hmm. drinks, but does alcohol need to be involved with every kind of situation like that? Especially when it comes to like, so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's, it's. I think it actually is a really powerful lesson, I guess, learning about other cultures. And this is why, like, I espouse travel so hard. It's because you get caught up in your own little bubble over here, right? And mm-hmm. you know in the Western world, a lot of us lack that patience because we want, we want 
we want what we want and we want it now. Um, but it's completely different in other parts of the world. So being exposed to that opens your mind about what the human experience looks like. Cause the Western experience of a human is completely different from the Eastern. Mm-hmm. So take the best parts about, uh, from each culture and just incorporate it into your life, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that just makes for a more fulfilling life at the end of the day. Cause mm-hmm. like we've all figured out some of those little like golden nuggets about the human experience mm-hmm. that, uh, it's it's almost like you're limiting yourself by not doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so going back to the definition of patience and it's, you mentioned something about delaying suffering, right. Or like mm-hmm. tolerating suffering. Mm-hmm. So the thing I wanted to unpack there is just the aspect of reward delay. And it's interesting that this is tied into the definition of patience because reward delay is one of, if not the biggest hallmarker of future success in life. Like we, I think like most of us have seen like that marshmallow experiment study. in like intro site. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it, the, like just a quick recap, the marshmallow experiment is literally, they left a kid alone with a plate of marsh with a marshmallow. Right. And they said, okay, if you wait till until I come back, we'll give you another marshmallow and you can enjoy two marshmallows. And they just left mm-hmm. the kid alone for a couple minutes. Some of those kids, they saw the marshmallow in front of them. They're like, no, screw this. I want this right now. And they just devoured it. The kids that were able to wait, you know, they were able to enjoy two marshmallows. And this seemingly insignificant thing has time and time again shown how uh, this can be a huge demarcator of how successful one is later on in life. So being able to tolerate suffering for a little bit, right? Being patient with that whole process will allow you to reap tremendous benefits and it's it's hard it's hard to do i'm not i'm not trying to undermine that um i actually recently started reading atomic habits i know i'm kind of late to the party because everybody's been reading it already but better late than ever and you know they talk about the the he he breaks down the habits into four different components right this cycle um if you remember them they are cue craving response reward and you know it every action that we take even though it's largely invisible to our kind of conscious awareness it follows that exact same process right we see something we see a candy bar chilling on the 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 counter we see the cue which is the presence of the candy bar we get that craving i want to eat it our response is we eat it and then reward is we feel good for a little bit right the candy bar is delicious um If you're not consciously aware of this, it's so easy to fall prey into this cycle. But Mm -hmm. one thing that is really important is that reward component of that process. And the reward Mm -hmm. component, if you understand it and you understand how that's kind of the impetus for everything, you can rework that to basically equip you to, to achieve whatever it is that you want to, right? For a lot of us, even for example, some of the more technically minded folk think about how grueling leak code is. Right. But think about how good it feels when you finally figure out how to freaking figure out one of those questions, right. You feel like you're on top of the world and you take a break from it. Right. And you, maybe the day after you're like, shit, okay, I got to grind leak code again. But if you think about how good you felt and you keep reminding yourself how good it feels to figure these things out, right? If, especially if you're mm-hmm. someone that's, that loves puzzles and problem solving, 
consistently reminding yourself about how good that feels allows you and it helps you to build better habits, mm-hmm. um, which is a little deviated from patience. But I think it's just it's still something important to keep in mind. No, no, I think it, it's extremely related to patience. And I, I like that you center on that word delay, like in the in the definition, because I think, yeah, like part of building habits also is having the patience to allow that change and that response cycle to, to be right. It's not going to happen overnight and you have to have the patience and the tolerance to accept that failure over and over again, but continue on. Right. Cause you're not going to just like break a habit in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Some habits are kind of hard to break still. So <laughs> some habits are chemically addicting. Right. So um, it always helps to have a, have a little bit of patience. Um, actually I had a question for you. And I think we've been a pretty, you know, we're kind of sucking patience dick right now. Like, yo, patience is cool, right? But what's one thing in your life where you're okay with being impatient about it? Like, it's something you want to continue to be impatient for. Because I think, and going back to what you were saying about Western versus Eastern cultures, um, and, you know, not to reduce it into those two categories, there's a lot of subcultures and a lot of ways they overlap. But I think a key hallmarker of generally more Western cultures is that sort of impatience, you know, in terms of economic power and et cetera, et cetera. So I think there have been good things, whether or not you consider them good or bad. I think, you know, there are some virtues to impatience, right. And there are some benefits you can reap from being impatient. So what's one thing in your life you're super incredibly okay with being impatient about? I mean, it's a bit of a cheat answer, but it, it's kind of just reiterating the quote I opened up the episode with, but it's literally just being impatient with action. And it seems like a trite answer, but mm-hmm. let me give you one specific example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, you know, when I would, you know, wake up in the morning, I would just, you know, jump on my phone. That's it. Right. And then eventually roll out of bed and then, you know, I just try and start my day, whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of inertia there and not really the most productive way to start the day. But now I start the day with just making my bed because mm-hmm. otherwise it's so easy for my room to just become this chaotic mess. Um, and it used to exist constantly in that state, but Mm -hmm. I adopted this new habit and it took a lot of work for me to actually start doing this consistently is Mm -hmm. if a task is going to take less than five minutes, I just do it straight up then and there. I know they Mm -hmm. say two minutes, but I'm I'm being a little bit generous. I I just do it with (laughs) five minutes and it has honestly just changed my life, even though like, it sounds like it's a, a bit dramatic for something like that, but how you do anything is how you do everything. And I truly believe that. So when it comes to these things as simple as, you know, making my bed or I see a piece of garbage and I immediately throw it out, right? Look at what you're doing in the long run. You're saving yourself the effort of coming to terms with tackling a seemingly insurmountable task, which is a mm-hmm. bit of a complicated way of saying, if I didn't do those things, right? I let the garbage accumulate. I let my room get messy eventually it gets to a point where my room is so freaking messy or there's so much garbage everywhere that I'm not going to want to do it. Cause it's, it's going to take mm-hmm. like an hour to figure, find that it, threshold. Right. Yeah, exactly. But by kind of spreading that suffering out, then I'm able to be more diligent with it. Right. And this, the other thing is I'm, I'm a really lazy person. Honestly, like I am a very lazy person and I, it's come to the point where I realized that I need to trick myself, right? The easiest way to be lazy as, as, um, what's the word? 
unobvious. That's not the word I'm looking for, but like as non-obvious as it may be, um, the easiest way to be late is to actually be proactive in what you do, right? Because rather than spending the night before an assignment is due, grinding it for like eight hours straight, just mm. do like half an hour of work every day since the day it's like assigned, right? Do a little bit mm. of scaffolding to start with. So, you know, the general plan of attack, then you mm. you do your research, you get resources to support your points, whatever. And that's it, just a little bit, half hour every day, right? Just get it over with. And it's it's like it's like a mosquito bite. It just kind of happens. There's a little bit of pain, it gets a little itchy, you scratch the itch, and then you're done mm. with it. You barely even have to think about it rather than just, you know, making yourself suffer all of that stress the night before. And a, mm-hmm. a lot of people like thrive under those conditions when fi- there's a fire under their ass. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found that this has worked better for me and uh, helps. it's helped me kind of just seize the reins of my life a bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, those are some great thoughts. I think basically you're, you're tackling impatience as like kind of the antithesis to procrastination, right? So like, yeah, yeah, you're like pitting it against that like lack of, like motivation, apathy, and like being impatient with the things that you should be impatient with, like the things that you can just get done and you don't yeah. need to pile up. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. I think my answer, I think is a bit different. One thing I'm okay with being impatient for, and this kind of goes against this like whole idea of like essentialism and minimalism and stuff. And like, you know, like the ability to say no, which is something I'm still working on. But one thing I'm patient with is like, I'm impatient with, people and talking like extremely impatient like and i think that's like a skill i've built up and i've I've like really noticed that it's like reap me a lot of benefits in every social situation i'll like err on the side of just like talking too much like talking too fast making a comment too quickly and this kind of goes against like all the stuff we've been talking about but what i've noticed is it allows me to just collect way more information about everything like Mm -hmm if I like make a compliment or, you know, make a critique that makes somebody uncomfortable, I have a data point that's like, okay, this person doesn't like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like an immediate way to pivot and continue on. Right. Plus like, especially with comments, it's like 90% of the time, it just makes someone feel better. Right. Like, yeah. just like, Oh, yo, I like your sweater. I like your chain, like whatever it is, like make someone, someone's day a little bit better and creates that like little connection point where, you know, maybe you don't talk to them for the rest of the party, but they're like, don't remember that you compliment to them. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a bit impatient when it comes to like my social interactions, like always err on the side of like, okay, I'll show up early. I'll talk to everyone at the party. Like, uh, you know, if I'm like thinking about something for more than three seconds, I'll say it. Like if I'm like looking at this girl for more than five minutes, like I'm gonna talk to her, like, you know, like things <laughs> like that. Uh, okay. Not five minutes. It's a little bit <laughs> creepy, but uh, maybe we'll use that, that two second rule or whatever. But yeah, like things like that, just like increasing the rate at which it's kind of like just increasing the learning learning rate in like an algorithm, right? Like you just have more touch points on everything and it just increases your ability to like make sense of that data. Just more data, better decision-making theoretically, right? Yeah. Uh, and eventually you get better at it. It's you're not like spouting your mouth out. Some people call me annoying. Um, you know, I'm open to that interpretation, but I think it works for me. And I think, you know, it's not really something I want to change. So yeah, I just wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit because I feel like yeah, we have been talking a lot about patience and, and how good it is. And I think there's a lot of positives for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I think it is important to be impatient with some things like, you know, yeah. impatient with your actions. And for me, that's like impatient with 
how I talk to people and, and my social interact. And that probably makes you more confident as well, right? Like the more you do that, the more confident you are going into social situations with whoever. And the yeah. good compliments, it's hugely underrated. Like, mm-hmm. especially like as, as guys, guys like rarely ever get compliments, right? I was like about you, to say this, compliment, yeah. you remember that shit for the next 10 years of your life. Yo, dead ass. Yeah. Like every time I compliment a guy at a party, like I go home and I'm probably the only guy who compliments him. So I'm definitely, he's definitely thinking about me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a pretty good way of just like creating a little connection with somebody. And yeah, like I said, just like more touch points, more data. And like, eventually you just like learn and learn and learn and get better at it. Mm-hmm. And you also just talk to more people. You just have more experiences, which I think is cool. So definitely. Yeah. Has that ever gone Ari though? Like I can imagine, you know, your, your tongue's a little too loose one time and then you, you end up offending somebody's whole family by accident. Right. Oh yeah, it's definitely gone wrong. It's definitely gone awry like many, many times. I think, you know, in, in most of these like social party situations, it's fine. Like you don't really need to talk to someone if you piss them off, just fuck off and go to a different party or like just yeah. the other side <laughs> of the room. Uh, but it's definitely like resulted in some, you know, altercations. Um, and I think like the one area in which I would like to get a little bit better at, and I think you, we've talked about this before on one of our calls, is just the... I'm a little bit impatient with judgments and mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll see a guy at a party and I'm like, yo, I don't like this guy's voice or like not even a party. Like just, <laughs> you know, like let's like on college just a little bit. Yo, like I'm out for dinner. I'm out for drinks. Like I'm out for at a park, like whatever it is. And like someone comes up and talks to you and like, I'm like, yo, I don't like this guy's voice. Like I'm not going to talk to him, you know, or like mm-hmm. I assume this way about how he dresses. Like he's dressed in like some boat shoes and like, you know, the cuff pants. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's just a rich kid. You know, like something like that. Um, and the ability to like remove that a little bit, I think is important and like integrate a little bit of that patience there. Like, because, ex- you know, patience is the ability to accept or tolerate delay, right? And so accept that, you know, feel, initial feeling of discomfort and like, don't let it get you angry or upset or lead you to a snap judgment, but instead like keep an open mind about things. And that's the one area I think I can get a little bit better at. Um, not necessarily because it's like resulted in, you know, a fight or whatever, although it has, I think it's more so like you're missing out on some really cool pe- people that maybe don't present themselves as readily in a social interaction. I think I'm very, very lucky. And what you mentioned about confidence is I don't necessarily think about a confidence because I think I've just been doing it so long. So, so much that it's just like a part of who I am. I don't, I don't think about it. And like, I realize how privileged I am to say that, like to not experience that social anxiety, but like, it's literally like, okay, yo, this is, a person i'm going to talk to them right like it's like yeah. there's no like disconnect in, in my mind there um but i think yeah like that there are like downsides to that but i think it overall is like a great thing right like it just opens up your world of people you can meet so much more absolutely um so yeah yeah and like as someone that has historically experienced a lot of social anxiety like again like i've always been like a huge introvert i've always really appreciated when there have been those people who have been you know really outgoing in conversation and they help you open up right like sometimes it's hard to mm-hmm. speak up um you know like the, the podcast and even actually like I'll, I'll touch on like the 30-day connecting i did recently um, yeah but like all of those experiences have helped me get better at that at being more proactive and helping to be that person that helps other people like open up but man, like it's, it can be really intimidating. Um, so, mm. you know, as, as like not risky, like as double-edged of a sword, it can be being really confident in those situations, I guess. Like, I think it does more mm-hmm. good than harm. Um, especially, you know, when you're just getting, helping other people join the conversation, throwing compliments around, whatever. 
Yeah, um, it's a low stakes. Like, okay, a compliment can't affect that much, right? I, I, I'll stay appropriate, you know, within our societal bounds of appropriateness, right? Like, yeah. I'm, there are some things I won't compliment, obviously, right? But uh, in general, like, I think it's it's pretty low stakes. So Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, like, it's so easy, right? It's a, like, in, such an easy way to get people to like you more. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, like, overthink this. But oftentimes, you know, you'll be go around, around about your daily life and you'll see some somebody like, oh, that's a cool sweater. And you'll just think that to yourself. And that's mm-hmm. like, you already have the compliment. You just got to take that extra step, right? Just go up to, mm-hmm. the, go up to them and say, you, you like their sweater. Such an yeah. easy, low effort thing, spread a little bit more love in the world. Um, yeah. Actually, thing- perfect example of that real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I was at the doctor's office yesterday for the first time in a hot minute. Everyone out there, yo, go to the doctor. There's probably <laughs> something wrong with you. You should go to the doctor more often if you have healthcare. Uh, I was at the doctor's office for the first time in a hot minute. And like the nurse who saw me initially, like before the doctor comes in or whatever, she was like pretty rude to me. I was very surprised. I was like, yo, why is she so rude? Like, I'm just chilling out here. And then she was wearing like these like Vapor Maxes. And you know, honestly, they were that nice. They were like, whatever. <laughs> just like a fine pair of Vapor Maxes. But I was like, yo, like, let me try it. So I was like, yo, I love your shoes. Those are Vapor Maxes. And yo, we, we got into like a 10, 15 minute conversation about kicks. She's like a huge sneaker head. Mm-hmm. And like, we talked about AJ one. She like bought like, pair of Jordan force for a kid. Like we just had a great conversation. And then like, after that conversation ended, she like, she was like super nice. She like, like told me all about this doctor, like where he came from. She's like, Oh, like he's super cool. Like I really trust him. I think you'll have like some great care with him. Uh, you should talk to him about this. Like he's really open about this. He has some expertise in this. And I learned so much more going to my visit than I ever would have. If I was just like, okay, the shorty's rude. Like I'm gonna just chill here on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and it was, yeah, a perfect example of that. Bro, just be nice to support stuff right? Like mm. it's crazy how, first of all, they're obviously connected, right? A lot of the support stuff have been working in those places for a long time. And this is an easy interview trick. Just be nice to the, the, the uh, receptionist or the janitor or whatever. I'll, I've heard so many stories of the, um, like a recruiter or even CEO going up to, you know, the receptionist or the janitor, whoever was around and asking them, like, what do you think about this person? Because obviously you're trying to present your best self within the interview but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a reflection of how you behave outside mm-hmm. of like this, the, the, those four walls. So, yeah. you know, I've seen people lose positions just because they were rude to, you know, janitors or like the receptionists, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's Yo, the whole thing. I can remember a couple of interviews, not that I was rude, but definitely a couple of interviews where I could not find where the room was. Like I'd go to the receptionist <laughs> and be like, Yo, like I have to go to this room for my interview. Be like, oh, it's like up the stairs, down the left, make a left, make a right, and you're on, you're there. I'm like, holy, yo, I have no idea what you just said. And I came back twice for one of my interviews. I think it was, it was some startup at like the Ryerson DMV or whatever DMZ, uh, <laughs> like they're not DMV, uh, DMZ incubator. for sure. Yeah, yeah, the incubator, and it was like some next direction. And I came back twice. I I went to the receptionist. I went up. I couldn't find that shit. I came back. They gave me directions again. I went up again and I came back. And then the second time they just came with me. I was like, yo, I hope <laughs> no one asked this person how I interview what, what they thought of me because they thought I was a dumbass. But yeah, um, yeah, that, uh, I like that point. Like it's it's the little things, you know, like all those touch points matter. And, you know, a little bit of patience, a little bit of extra kindness, like anyway, goes a long way, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I think like another underrated benefit of it is that it makes you a more interesting person as well. Because by having more encounters, more touch points with people, like A, you are opening the door 
for serendipity, right? Like mm-hmm. just literally going out to like networking events or going to grab a drink with a friend, they're shooting a message to an old friend, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself in more positions to get lucky in life. Cause you know, who mm-hmm. knows, like one of those conversations, maybe they're like, Hey, I need help with this thing. Like, I know you're good with good. You have experience in this area. So um, mm-hmm. I would love some help with it. Eventually maybe it leads to a startup that ends up IPOing. You make a, a million dollars off of it, whatever. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a firm believer of creating your own luck. And if it comes to either choosing to go out, grab some drinks with a friend or just sitting at home watching Netflix, which of those two things do you think is going to lead to the creation of more luck? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I learned from like my 30 day connecting is, uh, and like just briefly, I, I just tried to speak to 30 different people for 30 days through October. Mm-hmm. It made me more of an optimistic person, as weird as that sounds. Because mm-hmm. especially coming as like an introvert, where all I do is just live in my own head, speaking to more mm-hmm. people made me realize how amazing the people that we share this world is with and Mm -hmm. sometimes all it takes is showing a little patience because sometimes it's hard for people to open up right especially when you just jump into a random call with them but give them the space to start talking start opening up and man when they start talking about the things they're interested in and the things they're passionate about Mm. it is an amazing conversation and it could be the most random thing right like I was talking to this one dude and he's like, yo, have you heard of Milwaukee Forest? I'm like, what the hell is that? What the hell is a Milwaukee yeah, Forest? I've never heard of this. Yeah. yeah. And it's essentially like, it, it's a new, an, I don't know if it's novel, but it, it's a different take on how forestry can be done. And mm-hmm. it's way more, um, what's the word, like economical. It's less resource intensive. It takes up less space, but mm-hmm. you still reap the, the benefits of getting, you know, more trees on earth. Um, mm-hmm. It. And it's, it's just incredible, like having the ability to learn more about these things, especially when you oftentimes get trapped in your own filter bubble of interest, right? Like you're interested mm-hmm. in one, like this small domain of things. And you, whenever you're choosing content to consume, it's usually things to reinforce that, right? Like it's not really this random thing. Like I, I don't really, I wouldn't really go out of my way to look up Milwaukee Forest and all these different things. Yeah. But by letting someone that's passionate talk to you about those things, you get excited about it, right? Like mm-hmm, remember when mm-hmm. Switch was on? We're just getting hyped about data. Like yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like going back to your point about building your own luck, I think I've gotten lucky in a lot of ways. Like in a lot of ways, and a, a lot of that is like from the outside in. It's like okay, yo, like this is just not gonna happen to me. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think one thing that people underrate about me is like how much effort I put into creating that luck. Like. Yes. Like it's tiring. Like it's tiring going to these events. You know, I'm a, I'm a natural expert, so I'm a bit luckier than most. Maybe I don't have to deal with that social anxiety, but it's tiring going to all these events. It's tiring talking to all those people. It's tiring like liking these Instagram posts, making a comment. Yo, but like going back to that comment thing, how long does it take you to make that comment? How much of a smile might have put on someone's face? Like, and what might that do for you? Like down the line, like there's so many people in my life, whether it's shorties, whether it's guys, whether it's friends, whether it's connections <laughs> on LinkedIn, like whatever it is. Where it's like you drop one comment and like, yo, your life's changed, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you shoot your shot, right? Like that's it. It, it. it is literally what it is. Even like the book I was talking about, Metaphors of I haven't read that. I heard that from a person because I was like, they were like reading a book and I was like, yo, like you're into reading? Like, you know, give me your book suggestions, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just the little tiny ways in which you make luck consistently. And then going back to the patience part, you don't do that with the expectation of the result happening. 
you do that to be a good person. You do that because it might result in something. And you do that just because it makes your life more interesting. And 99% of the time, it's like, okay, that results in nothing. You never see that person again. They were never useful to you. Uh, in as much as like interaction is only good for usefulness, right? Like interaction is good in and of itself, but even if you're only caring about how useful it is, 99% of the time, it won't be useful to you. But that 1% of the time that it is, you meet your co-host on the podcast, bro. You know? <laughs> so like, it's like those little things like make a huge, huge difference. Absolutely. And just you're spreading love, right? Be kind. That's like one of the top general answers that we get for our uh, billboard question. Yes, sir. Maybe we should change that to be patient. Be patient and be kind. Be patient and be yeah. kind. Yeah, be patient. Yeah. So. My bad. Fire trucks outside. Was a good way to book at the episode with a little blooper, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna have to have some patience. He's turning into my street. Give me one sec. Yeah. So we've. Uh, I mean, like this was started as an episode on patience. We kind of just ran around the track a little bit. Uh, got a little lost. Holy! But... This guy just did a U-turn. <laughs> a fire truck just did a U-turn. I'm crazy. Is the right, street anyway. tight? Yo, the street's bare tight. And there's like bear cars parked around. I did not park outside today. So yo, I saw a firefighter. Like somebody was parked in front of a fire hydrant. Let this be a lesson, everybody. Like, take those things seriously because who knows when a fire is gonna erupt. But yeah, like mm-hmm. they literally busted the windows of the car just so they can feed the hose through it. I was like, damn, that's that's pretty hardcore. Holy, they couldn't go under, fam? Nah, no, those hoses are very long. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take the shortest route. Holy, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so follow the rule. Yeah, have that patience. Yo, that go patience. find a parking spot a little bit further. Take that walk. Walking Don't get your through. car doors busted. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. Thank God. We did it justice. Yeah. Thank you, for, thank you for the patience audience again and waiting for us to release this gonna go ahead for content for you guys over the past or for the or for the next few months mm-hmm. uh excited to see where this journey continues to lead and evolve also to realize it's been a year since we rebranded so happy anniversary proud of that happy anniversary very proud of that I'm very excited to see where the rest of this podcast goes absolutely and uh like Fawad teased before just keep your eyes peeled we have some exciting projects coming down the pipeline next iteration 2020 we're going to the moon or 2022 sorry damn Holy, y'all, we're old. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I don't know what just happened. Oh, man. But yeah. All right. And with that, ciao. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration.